not going to be pushed around anymore to heck with what the critics have to say. I'm going to publish an episode of my podcast on the same day that I did the interview. And I'm going to tell you why I'm doing that right now. <laughs> my guests today are Sean and Brad, the director and director of photography for the Netflix original production, A California Christmas, which just so happens to be on this day, December 15th in 2020, the year of our Lord, the number one film on Netflix, not only in the United States of America, but globally. <laughs> so all of you out there, uh, keep watching. I'm glad that it's touching those internationally. It's a sweet, kind, humble, hallmark sort of film that'll fill your heart as, a, as hot chocolate would fill a cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough of that. I am sending peace and love and hope and calm and gratitude to every single person that is breathing right now. I am thankful that you exist. I am thankful that I exist. What have you been watching? What have you been thinking about? Who have you been spending time with? I know that that's a limited question these days, but who is it? Who have you been spending your time thinking about? What meals have you been eating? Have you been drinking enough water? And your sleep? How has your sleep been? Have you been waking up and going to sleep at the same time? Have you been breathing consciously or subconsciously? Are you letting it happen or are you stopping and saying, hey, I'm going to acknowledge this thing that is called breathing within myself. And are you appreciative of your heart and the fact that through all of this brouhaha that's occurring, whatever it is that is your situation, um, your heart continues to beat. And I think that's really wonderful. And I'm thankful that there are so many hearts beating right now. And I'd like to think that a revolution of love is on its way. Because people are tired of not being loved. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So, I love you. I'm going to continue to be the love that I want to feel in the world. And only be open for those that need it. I really hope that you enjoy my conversation with these two. It's always a treat when I get to speak to two humans at once because oftentimes none of the three of us know when to speak. So there's some silence there. And usually silence in an interview is a no-no and it makes me uncomfortable because I'm thinking, you know, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> there's nothing to say here. What are we doing? What am I supposed to say in this time? But in this uh, particular talk, I kind of just bathed in the silence. And it was usually because Sean or um, or Brad wanted, didn't want to uh, talk over each other, which makes sense. And you can't see each other, so we can't say, you go ahead, you go ahead. But it was nice. I liked sitting in the silence, and so I decided not to edit it out. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy listening to two people who genuinely love what it is that they do, especially in a time such as this. They filmed this... A movie in July and it came out this month. I think that's kind of bananas. Happy holidays. I hope whatever celebrations, if any, that you are performing are touching your soul, touching your heart, making you look into the eyes of others. Good treats, good films, maybe? I don't know. I watched Spell last night, a film from 2018 directed by Brendan Walter, I believe. It's about a fellow whose fiance dies. And he travels to Iceland on a solo trip and ends up getting caught in all sorts of ancient runic folklore 
Spell Traditions. Highly recommended. It's on Amazon Prime Video. That is not an advert. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week, especially the rest of this month. And here is to the new year, huh? I'm sure I'll post another episode before then, but here's to thinking about it. Here's to thinking about just being grateful for being alive. Here is my conversation with Sean and Brett. just so you're aware. How are you feeling today? Perfect. Brad just told me the really far out news that the film is number one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in shock. And it's, it's very surreal. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I woke up this morning to a bunch of texts saying that we're number one in the U.S., which is shocking in of itself. <laughs> and I got a phone call from the EP saying that Warner Brothers and Netflix um, contacted him saying that we're actually number one globally, which out of my mind. Uh, how does that hard to even comprehend it, really? How does that work? Do they just measure like who's watching what or wow? Yeah, well, Netflix, Netflix obviously does. They they have a they have whatever their system is in place to to, to count views. So it's most watched is what it goes. That's the, the uh-huh. metric. Whatever is the most watched movie, and we're the most watched movie, I guess, globally, which is crazy. And then there's <laughs> Dude. I mean, Gambit is the most watched TV series, you know? That's insane. <laughs> like, wow. Right now, at this moment. <laughs> Who would have why, do you, why do you think that is? What about the film do you think is so, that's resonating so much with apparently the universe? <laughs> um, Brad, you want me to go first? Yeah, please. Uh, I think um, I think it's obviously a, a, an amalgamation of, of a bunch of things. Uh, number one, obviously, holiday movies. People, uh, I think, especially this year with the, all the shutdowns and things, I think people are really uh, clamoring for that kind of content, just a feel-good movie mm-hmm. in general, plus some holiday themes in there. And then I think the other fold... Uh, is you have in our in our two leads you have Lauren and Josh Swicker who are a real life married couple and uh, I think there's an audience that has kind of found the love for them and their story because the previous movie they did together is where they met so they met mm. fell in love and and I just happened to be the director of that movie as well <laughs> um, called Roped and they they met and married and well they met on that movie fell in love. And then it wasn't long after that film that they that they married. Um, and uh, now flash forward a couple years later, and we did a new movie together. And I think people just really love their love story, and it, and it really is genuine. And they are just beautiful together in, in all ways, uh, inside and out. And it was pretty amazing working on this, and Brad can attest to this. You know, I kind of didn't know what to expect. Oh, now they're a married couple. Maybe there will be some tension. Who knows? Yeah. It was the opposite. They were so kind and warm to each other and supported each other and helped each other with, with their performances in, in just a kind way. It was just very refreshing. I think this movie is part of that trend of, of kindness and just a, a more refreshing look at life in general and uh, 
uh, I mean, obviously your guess is as good as mine, but that's what <laughs> I'm chalking it up to at this moment. Yeah. What do you think, Brad? Well, you know, speaking just on a more personal level, um, you know, uh, I remember years ago hearing Chuck Jones, who did all the classic Bugs Bunny cartoons, explaining how when they made those, they, you know, they made them for themselves. They weren't really, you know, trying to placate an audience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, the experience of making this movie was, was very personal. Um, you know, from the, the fact that Lauren herself wrote the screenplay to the fact that, um, you know, ESX and Aliyah shot the EP and, uh, you know, also Sean and, and, and many of the rest of the team, um, you know, were, were kind of like family because they were there when they had first met. Mm-hmm. And and this was my first film with, with ESX. Sean and I have done a number of projects together. So, you know, there was a real family feel on, on set and you know, because Lauren had written the script and because it was really an exceptional script that, you know, touched us all, we felt really privileged to be working on it. You know, I think I think it became something where where, you know, we really were making something, you know, to to that, that we thought was special personally. It was very it, it's um, you know we all had an attachment and an investment in this way beyond mm-hmm. just a job. And I think yeah, that I'm sort not- of thing. I beg your pardon? <laughs> oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Anyway, that, that, that sort of, you know, that sort of a, an environment on a set, you know, can, can infuse um, a, a magical quality. And obviously you have to start with a good story. You know, no, no good movie is ever made from a bad script. Lauren had an amazing script. But, you know, everything else around it just really felt charmed. And I remember... You know, the first time I sat down and watched it myself. You know, I, you know, when I do a movie, I've I've been on set, I've read the script, you know, a dozen times. I've mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know, through edits. I've seen it through the color grade, and you know, it it, it, it gets kind of old, and, and not every film is a you know a joyful experience when I watch it. But this one was, you know, it was it was like seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like an audience member. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I wish I had done this differently, <laughs> I wish I had done that differently. I was really, I was carried away by the story, I was carried away by the performances, I was carried away by, you know, Sean's acting, I'm sorry, Sean's directing, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, so I just have the personal experience that this is a really special movie, so I can imagine how it's, it's resonating, and I can imagine how that's creating word of mouth with people saying, you really need to see this. And you you and guys... I to, uh, expand... Go ahead, Sean. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to expand on that really fast and also talking about, you know, the other performances in the movie. I really do think in very special levels, so it's kind of that everything came together. Like, with Ali Ashar, he's, all, he's uh, an actor in the movie as well, and he gives such a, a sincere, wonderful performance. And then just to position to him, we have David Del Rio, who is a comical genius. I mean, he really is just uh, hilarious and knows how to hit those kind of comic relief moments. And the two of them play off each other so beautifully. So you have that kind of uh, uh, performances in there, which aren't necessarily in these types of movies all the time. So it was really kind of nice to see that. And then we had Amanda Denner, who played uh, um, Wendy, uh, um, Lauren's character, Callie's mother, in this script. And there's some heavy, heavy, uh, 
you know, drama going on there mm-hmm. and, like, real-life things that are happening. I don't want to spoil anything. But the performances between Amanda and Lauren are, are quite honestly, they're, they're amazing. I feel honored to be, to even have been a little part of that experience and seeing the two of them um, perform in that way. And it really, I think, it's elevated... Uh, elevated the whole project uh, just based on uh, these few scenes where the two of them just brought down the house. Uh, and uh, uh, so I just think, yeah, everything kind of just clicked. Yeah, I found it really interesting that plotline, considering the times that we're in, when many people are experiencing loved ones who are in positions that are, you know, fragile. I suppose is the best way to put it. And I, I was thinking while watching it how much that potentially affected those watching it. Because I assumed that Lauren didn't write it with that parallel in mind, perhaps. But it's obviously the more relevant than it's ever been at this very moment. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I th- I think, it'd be harder I think than normal. Right. I think you're right. It's... Yeah. I, I think like watching watching this film in another year, you'd still be impacted emotionally by that difference making in the story, but now it there's something even more sort of I don't know, I've I've found myself when watching films of all eras in this year or present time, like I get caught up in viewing it through the lens of the pandemic or viewing it through the lens of a more deep empathetic approach to the way in which we treat people so like when you see people interacting without masks or what have you in on screen you're like whoa what's going on there and so something like this if if that's happening in the mind of the viewer to see this person who is in the state that they're in yeah i yeah i could see potentially being a a helper of the grieving process in the way that it's handled yeah i've actually already gotten a bunch of messages texts and things in that exact vein, people talking about their personal experiences dealing with that and how it hit them home. And I, I honestly also have a very similar uh, story and the way that these scenes played out in the movie were, were and, and I had discussions when we were developing and working on the script with Lauren about those experiences. And so they kind of worked, uh, uh, expanded on that, on that situation. So it is very interesting how that impacts people and maybe helps with the grieving. I mean, that's I mean that's the the ultimate uh, goal of anything like that. If that can help somebody in some way, then that is more than that, you know you could ever possibly hope for. But again, I think in this time, you're 100 percent correct. It is even more poignant and even more powerful than ever before. And and I think people are really desperate for a feeling of being at home or being held or just being around the people that they've carried throughout their lives as those that they love and you know this is obviously for most people the most unique experience of not being able to see those loved ones as regularly as they would and so again it coming out at this time just the feeling of having small Something, something like watching a family eat a dinner together, <laughs> or uh, thinking of the scene where they're they're baking and they're just throwing food at each other. Something you know, as simple and innocent as that, 
it's like even even something like that is we we aren't promised that today we we don't have the ability perhaps to just go spend time with a family member or someone so i think it hits deeper for that reason as well and you guys filmed this during the pandemic right Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. I would love to hear about how you... Apparently, we were one of the first films back in production. Really? I called my agent to let him know that I had the offer. He said, um, he said you're the only client I got who's, <laughs> who's you know, talking about starting up a project right now. And when did you film it? Yeah, we started in July. July. Wow. That's, that's a crazy turnaround time. <laughs> Yeah, it was an insane turnaround. We literally worked 24-7. Um, and again, it was because it was a you know, Netflix original, and we were partnered with them in that way that we had to we had to deliver. <laughs> right. And they were like, you know, we want this to come out for this Christmas, this holiday season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our deadline. And, and that means our deliverables are, are actually, you know, we didn't deliver it to them in December. No, we had to deliver it like the end of October. Wow, man. Get in their pipeline and their system and everything, uh, you know, get to where it needs to be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was pretty wild and an extremely fast turnaround. And, and so, you know, it's for those reasons that just makes you feel even more proud at our team and cast and crew and, and everybody that we're able to do what we did uh, in, in such a difficult time because we had all the COVID protocols and they were brand new at the time. So they, they were kind of changing daily. Like what's the safest way to do this? How can we, and of course our whole goal was to be as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, luckily we accomplished that and nobody got, uh, nobody, you know, ever was, uh, infected that way. So we did have a little bit of a scare, but it was somebody who came in, uh, as kind of a sub, uh, uh-huh. and, uh, they were only there for, you know, uh, part of the day, and they luckily didn't have really the, the interaction with anybody that. that mm. and of course, we had to get tested and retested before we could shoot. After having that little bit of a scare, mm-hmm. um, to make sure everybody was still clear, and luckily, of course, we all were, and we were able to continue on. And, and uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't without a scare. There was still a scare in there, and uh, so um, you know one of those things it's very very interesting time to try and create like this and and honestly i think everybody that worked on it was very brave uh and to even be working at that time what what sorts of things were you guys doing on set to be cautious well i can tell you that um you know it was was still early days we did not have the consolidated um you know COVID safety protocols that, that have been established now with the agreement of, you know, a lot of the unions and guilds. Mm-hmm. And my understanding at the time was that the producers were primarily negotiating with SAG and they were, you know, forging their own way. Um, and, and a lot of what they implemented is, is pretty much what we still are practicing today. Um, you know, but it was all new. And uh, we, going in, we weren't sure how it was going to impact our days and our schedules and you know so we really hedged our bets i mean you know for one thing we had a a smaller crew than typical you know we were running light um everybody had to get tested every uh two or three days Mm -hmm. we had to get tested you know prior to you know even beginning 
Um, every morning and every day at wrap, there were uh, temperature checks. Obviously, we had masks, social distancing. Instead of a catered um, buffet lunch, we had box lunches. Um, when we, one of the significant things that impacted my department, which is the camera and lighting department, is that there was a very limited number of people allowed on set, far fewer than mm-hmm. typical, um, at least in enclosed sets, you know, in exterior sets, as long as we distanced, we were okay. But, yeah. uh, you know, if we were in a, in a room, um, there could only be a limited number of people. And not only that, if we had to come in and adjust lights or adjust camera uh, significantly, uh, the cast had to leave. And, you know, so all of those things took bites out of our schedule. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to, to working on, on hectic-paced sets. I've done a lot of music videos. I started in, in low-budget films. And so, you know, I, yeah, I've got a lot of habits and, and just kind of intuitions in terms of, you know, how can I, um, you know, beat, beat the, uh, the, the, the limitations. And uh, so, we, you know, we came up with a lot of workarounds, for instance, with the uh, interior sets as often as possible. We would mm-hmm. light them from outside the house, you know, with limited lights inside. So if we did a change, um, you know, as long as they were moving a light outside, it didn't matter. Um, and, uh, you know, Sean and I, you know, collaborated very closely to be strategic in terms of, you know, how we covered and in which order we covered um, just to minimize um, those impacts. Um, on on the set and on our schedule and at the end of the day um, you know I, I think maybe we had one day that went over an hour but mostly we did 12 hour days um, you know we really would have made all our days and gotten all of our, our shots except for that, that incident that, that Sean mentioned where you know we had a, a day player test positive and um, mm. you know again because this was, was early days there was a delay of like three and a half days getting our test results back yeah. and that that pushed us um beyond the threshold and we ended up having to do a pickup day with just mm-hmm. sean and i um to get just a handful of scenes that fell off the schedule but if it hadn't been for that hiccup you know we would have we would have made made our schedule and uh you know so so it, it all paid off it was a great learning experience but um you know it worked well and there were no significant trip ups how long did the I, shoot I take I also want to add to, to something that was very clever that Brad did with lighting uh, in respect to lighting is he kind of had everything was, was uh, you know, like why there was a lot of uh, like wireless lighting mm-hmm. and also yeah. a lot of, uh, you could control the lighting, uh, you know, through, through, you know, wirelessly. So if they needed to dim or change color or do any of that stuff, it was all done remote, mm. uh, you know, like on an iPad or whatever. And so they didn't have to go in and adjust it physically, and that that actually helped save our uh, our uh, time a lot. Yeah. Um, and I thought yeah. that was a really clever uh, and genius way to try and handle it, since we couldn't have the actors and crew on the set at the same time, other than the camera off, and you know, like myself to give them the actors instructions. Nobody else was allowed to be on the physical set that the wow. actors were, especially when you were indoors. Yeah. And, and the other thing to that is, on the creative side, with Lauren and myself and Daniel Aspermonte, one of our producers, and Ali Ashar, we actually discussed, hey, how many of these scenes can we move to an outside setting so they don't have to be indoors? <laughs> so even on that level, we were thinking about the, the safety protocols 
going, hey, there's no reason this seed needs to be in a house. Let's put it just outside the house, or let's put it in a big open barn, or let's put it in, you know what I'm saying, by a yeah. tractor over there in the field. And so, you know, that way to help keep people safe. And so it's interesting that it, that those those are the kind of things you think about. How can we make all the lighting, you know, operated remotely? How can we set these mm. scenes outside uh, uh, uh and uh, so it's all just a very interesting process to think of those things that you wouldn't have had to have thought of before. I've, I've really been... You know, and I would say, I, I would also say that, you know, that decision to move a lot of those scenes from outside the, the four walls of a room in a house uh, were just inspired because that uh, location is so photogenic. I mean, mm-hmm. so much of our production value comes from, you know, those gorgeous weathered barns and fields and you know all the places where where we were shooting that it just gives it so much character and so much texture where did you shoot it at yeah that was uh we filmed up in petaluma and sonoma oh, cool, and Lame, cool like that whole area up in mm. northern california north of san francisco and it, gotcha. it really is i i i was like pinching myself a couple times uh, <laughs> at, like how beautiful it was mm. and how lucky i felt mm. to be number one being able to work in 2020 is, is a major blessing mm-hmm. uh and um when, when so many of my friends and family aren't able to it just felt um you know just so incredibly lucky and and to be doing it with people that i care about uh you know this crew i really do and, and obviously this was brad's first with them but they welcomed him in right away and he fit in perfectly and i've done like six projects with brad so mm-hmm. We're family, and so mm. I just really felt like uh, very lucky that our this, this little film family was able to all get to work together in this time, and it's such a beautiful area. I mean, it really was, uh, uh, you know, just kind of take it all in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting you, you asked about where we filmed, and we, we did one day um, in San Francisco, just Sean and I, um, <laughs> and this, this also plays into your question about, you know, how did we deal with the COVID protocol limitations, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sean and I are, are, you know, the kind of filmmakers who first and foremost, we're here because we love telling stories. We love making movies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our passion. We're not waking up in the morning, you know, simply because somebody's, you know, paying us to do so. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on a lot of our days off, he and I would just go out, um, you know, with his, his black magic 4k pocket cinema camera <laughs> we shot some b-roll we shot establishing shots mm-hmm. um sean's got a drone you know so all of those kind of shots were stuff that you know we did on our own time that we probably couldn't have gotten into the regular schedule but you know we did it you know because we wanted to make an amazing movie and one of those days we went down to san francisco and we shot the stuff with um josh swickard when he's riding his bike and I just had to t- tell you a quick funny story. We <laughs> did a drone shot uh, down one of the streets in San Francisco following uh-huh. Josh. And, and those bloody things are just a wind tunnel with so much turbulence. <laughs> and he got a couple of passes, and then the wind grabbed his, his drone and literally smashed it against the building. And <laughs> it, it fell to the ground, oh, and man. Eaten, you know, which was <laughs> tragic. But fortunately, he had gotten the shot. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. That's all that matters. This discussion is making me think of... I've, I've been thinking a lot about just creativity, and like you said, Sean, about being thankful to work, how 
the film industry in particular, like, it's a rather, I don't want to use the word privilege, but it's, it's a different industry than something like, you know, a frontline worker or someone who works a typical office job, something like that. Like, like you just said, you were doing your work, but you were doing it on your own time and you were being creative, which shows the ways in which the job is less of a job. But I've, I've just been thinking about how much the pandemic has put that in perspective of not only how much we we need to create but how much we just watching what others create like the lack of movies this year has definitely i'm sure taken some sort of psychological toll on the greater public not only because we like we've just discussed we figure out how we feel about our culture at any given time by watching films and by meditating on them but i've just been thinking a lot about that how the lack of film and the lack of people making film something that is such a busy industry it's such a busy industry that just goes and goes and goes and so when it has to stop for any period of time i just think it's created a really interesting case study to look at well well clayton i just want to say sean and i are ready to go so um you know anybody wants to fill that void give us a call <laughs> <laughs> i hear you man you know but i i also want to just i i also just want to briefly recalibrate something because you know, the, this whole idea of, of being a filmmaker as being this, you know, glamorous, privileged, luxury kind of career, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the tip of the iceberg. What you don't see yeah. below the water and where it really becomes a grueling job is, is the amount of energy and sacrifice and resources and hours, yeah. you know, that we spend on the tedious stuff of, you know, networking and, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, just building the machine and promoting. And, you know, I, I did a calculation once that, um, you know, if you take my paid hours, which is that tip of the iceberg, and then you add in my unpaid hours, I probably would make less than minimum wage a lot of the time. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, oh, it's, I think, it's a, a I think that's 100% of the time. <laughs> I think we're making like $3 an hour, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, 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 is, it, is, it is something that you only do if, if you I mean, there are, you know, there are those very rare, fortunate people who, who make a lot of money. But, you know, folks like Sean and I, you know, we're, we're working middle class filmmakers. And, mm-hmm. you know, we work, you know, even on our quote unquote days off, we work, you know, 12 hours. I mean, we don't we don't punch the clock at, at five and come home and have dinner and watch TV. Yeah, right. It's fascinating how you have the ability to do something like that right now that that's still like it this has shown just how much that part of the job is important that people are still very much so interested in just creating as a means of expression or a means of articulating whatever it is that they're doing and i'm curious well, I think even if you take even if you take a broad historical perspective you know if you look at you know times like World War II or the Great Depression, mm-hmm. you know, or even going back to the Middle Ages. Yeah. Human beings respond to turmoil both with a passionate desire to to articulate their experiences with creative expression, but also to, you know, there's a, a vast number of people who, who crave the inspiration or the distraction, mm. just like, you know, yeah. a lot of the religious paintings in the Middle Ages, you know, were inspiring people who were just utterly impoverished. And then, and then, you know, contemporaneously, what you're talking about with respect to the era of COVID and masks and lockdowns 
and then people see a film like A California Christmas, which has a normalcy and a warmth. Hmm. Um, you know, again, these are, I think these are dynamics that are very fundamental to the human experience. Beautifully spoken. And, and thinking how, like when you said earlier you were making decisions to put scenes outside, the the situation we're in is actually changing the art itself. Even if it's in small ways like that, it's actually changing the art itself. And I, I wonder if that's going to be noticeable with things that come out that are being produced at that at this time. Like I've, I've talked to someone who noted that um, like there isn't as much background. There aren't as many background actors, which, you know, something like your film isn't reliant on. But I wonder if we'll see that where the actual films themselves look differently or feel differently because of the time in which they were produced. I'm not sure. Well, I, I think that's inevitable, you know, and, um, you know, I've, I've read articles and I've, I've even had discussions about productions where, you know, people are looking at, you know, how do we, how do we fill out the scenes? You know, do we have digital crowd reproduction? Do we have, you know, cardboard standees? Mm -hmm. And it's not a, it's not, that's not a technology that was spurred on by COVID. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, that's, that, that type of, of, um, you know, software, which actually creates, you know, moving, believable background humans, you know, that was used extensively on Game of Thrones as mm -hmm. well, you know, um, and, and also, you know, crowd replication, where you shoot a handful of people, and, and then you just clone them, yeah. uh, you know, that, that tech is, is, mm -hmm. is, is, is going to be pervasive, and, and like you say, the stories are going to evolve around the necessity for some of those types of things, um, you know, there are, you know, there are shows where you know they have a kissing scene and they will you know put that person's real life partner in a you know wig or you know dress them up as a double wow. to shoot that we were fortunate that we had a real life couple. <laughs> oh right, I did not think about that at all. Wow. Oh, that was in, you know that was it was on the top of our mind. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and it actually was also a reason why we were bringing lit by SAG and and and, uh, and all of that was part of it was because they were a couple, a real-life married couple, and so any kissing or intimate scenes, um, they it was easy for them to approve. <laughs> uh, whereas if you had two complete strangers, that would become more difficult uh, to green light. So it's actually very interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating how that works, how the relationships outside of the film affect the ways in which the film can be shot. <laughs> that's funky. So how have you guys been doing during the pandemic? Despite your ability to be creative, have you found solace in any sort of art? What is it that's allowed you to either make peace with or escape from what is that's what it is that's occurring? I like the I silence. Music <laughs> has been a big thing for me. Obviously, movies as well. I I have watched more television <laughs> and and uh, and Netflix, especially than I think I ever have in my life. Uh, and then also music. I mean, that really, that has been my meditation. Mm. Uh, Brad and I both love playing guitar. And, and oh, we really? Play together, we bring guitars on most of our shoots. Oh. And things like that. Um, 
uh, I recently got a new guitar, which was a gift, uh, very, very special gift to me from actually Ali Ashar, who uh, is the was the you know uh, producer on on the wow. also an actor. Right on. Um, and so I, I think those have really helped me find some some solace and some some uh, peace. Just just playing the guitar and even at home, uh, I, I probably play the guitar every single day, which is. In a normal circumstances, I'll go six months sometimes without picking up the guitar because I'm just too busy. Wow. Um, or I think I'm too busy to do that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. I think that's, uh, uh, that's been something for me that's, that's kind of helped me through this year. Do you think that you've felt, you think it'll carry over once things go back to a busier schedule that you'll, you feel you'll have learned to incorporate the things like playing guitar more frequently? I hope so. I, I, I definitely <laughs> hope so. I, I definitely feel like it's those kinds of things are now a bigger priority for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, to, to take those moments and, and uh, uh, again, to find that kind of inner peace uh, with yourself. Yeah, it's it's been a time to sit back and ask what what is it that I really like doing? <laughs> like when I when I have a day to decide what it is that I do, what is it that I really want to do? <laughs> yeah. What kind of music do you listen to, both of you? Me too. Um, pardon. Me as well. I I'm very geeked. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 well reviewed. Every review I've I've seen is glowing, and I loved his last album, Egypt Station. I thought that was his best since Tug of War. Mm. Um, but I'll also tell you that you know some of my most favorite songs, honest to God, right now are the songs that Jamie and Caitlin wrote for this movie. <laughs> I um uh, I I shouldn't tell you this, but I surreptitiously coaxed him to. Share some MP3s with me on the down low, and I they're in my <laughs> iTunes, and I listen to them all the time. I, <laughs> I I I I so want a soundtrack album for this movie. <clears throat> Good to hear, man. What about you? I was I was thinking the same exact I was thinking the same exact thing. These songs are really amazing. I was able to uh, coax them out of Jamie as well, so I have them on my <laughs> playlist right now. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, bet, I think these songs could be charted. <laughs> you guys I, are goofballs. I, I was just going to say quickly, I think these songs could be charted. I mean, they're really, really, really catchy. <laughs> and, yeah, they're really well done. And uh, Caitlin Epperly, who is the um, uh, uh, she's an actress in the movie, but she's also an amazing singer. And uh, we were able to, she actually has done some original songs for my movies in the past. Again, with Jamie Christopherson, who does the score mm-hmm. on a lot of our films. Uh, and they created these original songs for the movie, as well as a really beautiful cover of uh, A Holy Night. Uh, and um, they're just wonderful. They're really, really good. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping we get uh, some kind of soundtrack from this, or at least release some of them as singles, you know? Yeah, have you thought about doing like a music video or anything of the sort? Oh, yeah, we would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, I've got a, a pretty significant 
background shooting music videos and so yeah man um, i've seen that it's awesome when i when i i heard these songs i i said jamie i'll, I'll shoot them for you for free let me make them <laughs> because i just I love these songs so much and you know sean directs videos as well and we've uh-huh. you know done one or two together and uh you know between that and our friends i mean yeah i hope i would love for uh you know warner brothers records to uh mm-hmm. you know put these out and put a budget behind it but right I'll tell you what that's not gonna stop me you know i'll <laughs> do it for passion absolutely man you can feel that you can feel that in the art when it when it comes from that place yeah you know, Sean, I was uh, reading your blog, and you had this little piece about the desert, and the desert being a, a place that's peaceful and without sound. And that came to mind earlier in our chat when you guys, neither of you responded for a moment. <laughs> we were all just sitting here, <laughs> and I thought about that. And then I, I felt, because I read that after I watched the film, and I felt that that's also one of the things that the film succeeds in along the lines of what we're talking about, like coziness or warmth is there's kind of there's a lot of space and um it's very calm even even the things that are you know driving the plot along or discussions that are more heated there's still this interesting sort of calmness over the whole thing and i just wanted to hear your thoughts on that yeah you know i i feel like uh we're trying to do the movie a little bit more in that old school way. You know what I mean? The, a lot of times films nowadays are so fast paced. Uh-huh. The editing style, uh, the dialogue is just rapid fire. And uh, that's kind of the opposite of what we were going for. And, and you know, it's a little bit of a risk these days because, uh, again, so much media is just in your face and rapid fire. And, uh, and that was a conscious decision that we made. We wanted this movie to be a more calming movie. Uh, and, you know, um, so uh, I guess we succeeded. <laughs> it it appears to have worked. <laughs> you know, the other thing too is that just thinking about it, you know, all the scenery and and even all the actors, you know, they all have, it all has a lot of character and it's very, you know, the, the actors and the scenery is all very photogenic. You know, so I think I think you you don't mind lingering, you don't mind you know spending some time in those places i mean and really that may speak to part of the interest in this because you know you probably a, a lot of people wouldn't mind setting up a rocking chair on that porch and looking out at that beast or you know, sitting in a, in a couch uh, uh in front of a fire having a conversation with these people there's a you know there's a lot of there's a high comfort level i think with a lot of just the imagery mm-hmm. absolutely man thank you guys for making something hey, Kind. Yes, yes. I, 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 I'm sorry, but I do actually have to go fairly soon because I've got. Uh, I actually do have kids still in uh, hmm. in in class times, and I actually have to go pick. <laughs> no um, worries. This has been perfect. I apologize if I have to dip out a little bit early. We can wrap it up. I think we had a wonderful discussion. I appreciate spending time with you guys. Oh, You're sure welcome. Thanks for having us. I'll let you yeah, guys but, know. Uh, you know I would Cool. I'll probably publish this today just for the sake of time and relevance. Yeah. So I'll get a link to you. And thank you guys okay. again for putting something out that's full of love and full of calm energy and kindness. I hope sure. that we get to talk again hey, soon. I wanted, I, I wanted to suggest, 
I don't know if you have an interest, but um, you know, I I would highly recommend if you have a, a slot, um, you mm-hmm. know, doing one of these with with Jamie Christopherson and, and Caitlin Epperly. I mean, yeah, you know, they've done two yeah. movies together, and and they're just amazing, fascinating, talented people. I think you'd get a real good conversation out of them. Absolutely, I'll try to reach out. Thank you, man. I'll you know if you, I'll have I'll have Gabby send you uh, Jamie's contact info. Please do. That that'd be wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a good rest of your day and a good holiday season. Congrats again on the film. I hope you feel good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for everything, guys. Take-